Hello, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review. This of the sequel, Pacific Rim Uprising from 2018. I was really looking forward to Pacific Rim when it came out in 2013. Uh, I grew up on Ultraman and Godzilla, and it wasn't so much the spectacle for me like Jurassic Park was. It was more... I love the special effects, even the cheesy ones. You know, these giant monsters throw each other into these buildings and the buildings crumble. And when they start crumbling, you can see that there's floors and furniture and stuff in there and lamps. And, you know, it, it, I was fascinated with special effects. And as a kid, I had a lot of Legos. People would give me Lego sets and I would build the set and then I would put them in this big tub of Legos. And then from that tub, I could build anything my imagination could come up with. So when I'd see things in movies, I'd try and replicate them, whether it be a spaceship or a haunted house or whatever. And, and that was a creative outlet for me as a kid. So I enjoyed the giant monster movies and Ultraman, and that they were going to make a big-budget Hollywood movie uh, with giant robots fighting giant monsters, and Guillermo del Toro was going to direct it. I was like, I was in heaven. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And it was a fine, fine movie. I have one problem with it that I've always had and will always have, and it's funny that in the sequel, they start with the same problem, but they start to get rid of it. Um, I was looking forward to Pacific Rim, the first one that was coming out. They put out a graphic novel months before the movie came out that kind of told the pre-story of Pentecost, the character, and, and how the the building of Jaegers and stuff had kind of started even before the kaiju stuff. And um, It was good. It was short, you know, but... So I was really into the universe, and when I saw the movie, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it's really well done, and to this day, it's it's I still enjoy it, and probably should have watched it first. I have a 4K copy that I've never watched before of Pacific Rim. Uh, I've been watching the Blu-ray copy since it came out. Uh, got a very cool plastic, looks like it's a Jaeger with the discs inside of it. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that's worth these days. The, the 3D version, which 3D people that are still holding on to that technology would probably beg for this copy of the movie. But anyway, um, so I had watched it several times and I was ready for the sequel. Uh, it's years later. You know, it was five years later. This came out in March of 2018. And I didn't read any of the stuff in between. If they released comic books or precursors or, or anything in between, uh, I didn't. I was just going to take this as it came because... To be perfectly honest, they weren't bringing back a whole lot of characters. John Boyega seemed to be thrown into this movie just to be in the movie. And uh, I don't know. I, I just didn't expect a sequel to be very good. And I've watched it a couple of times. And tonight I put in the 4K that I have of it to watch it. Um, I, I'm i going back through my movie collection. You're going to enjoy this, I hope, and go back with me on some of these releases that I've owned for a while but haven't watched them in the proper presentation. So I've got, I've got close to 200 4K movies, and most of which I watched on a 4K television that did not have HDR capabilities. And I am just... Only a few weeks of testing these movies. I am a firm believer that HDR makes more of a difference than 4K does over standard Blu-ray and standard 1080p. High dynamic range HDR just gives us more lifelike colors in movies. And for things like neon and flashlights and laser bolts and explosions, it gets incredibly bright and realistic. And like tonight I was noticing... 
this was a movie that was finished on a 2K uh, digital intermediate, so it's it's an upconvert to 4K. But it's a really good one, and it, it got like 5 out of 5 on most of the Blu-ray sites. Uh, you can see a lot of detail, and what I like about HDR is, well, in movies and plays and whatever, in makeup, we try and smooth out, you know, because humans really do have different color skin. We're not just kind of monotone color, whatever color we are. And in HDR, you can really pick that up. Um, it's funny how movie makeup has evolved as television makeup has evolved as we've gotten into high definition and now 4K and HDR. They can't use... Uh, it's funny that television, when everything switched to high definition, they completely had to change makeup because like news anchors looked really weird. <laughs> you know, now that you can see true color in, in high definition. So I was looking up uh, articles of best movies in HDR. Uh, and seeing which ones I own, which was a lot of them. And and this one just kind of came to the surface because I honestly didn't remember much about it. I remember there was a big plot twist. And I, I will get into a spoiler or two. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, I'll let you know before I, I jump in there. But there will be spoilers coming up. So like I said, I wasn't excited about the sequel. The trailers looked good. And I went to the movies and I saw it and I enjoyed it. I, I, I walked out and went, well, it was more of what I wanted to see. Now... One of the things I will say about a sequel to a movie like Godzilla uh, or like Pacific Rim is if the first movie took a while to get to the big action scenes, you wouldn't need to do that in the sequel. Um, the first Godzilla movie, remake, reboot, whatever, took a while to get to the action. And there was a decent amount of action in that movie, but it was kind of slow. When they made Godzilla King of the Monsters, they didn't. that movie doesn't stop for a second and you get right to the action and they don't screw around. At least with Pacific Rim Uprising, they came up with good reasons to delay the action, that they, the kaiju threat was over. The movie was made for 150 to $176 million. It went on to gross $290.9 million, so that's a hit. Um, there is an anime coming to Netflix next year, and there is a rumor there will be a third movie where these characters will return. Now... Let me go back and say my problem with all of the Pacific Rim universe. The whole concept of drifting. I just think it's unnecessary plot device to create more drama in what doesn't really need it. If you haven't watched either movie, I don't know why you're listening to this review, but the concept is that the, the Jaegers, the giant robots, are too complicated to, to pilot by yourself, and two minds need to be neurally linked to operate one robot. I just, I, the writers and, and the original people who were involved, uh, some of those are still involved in the sequel. So it, it's not like they're coming up with concepts that weren't there from the beginning. I'm saying Drift has been there from the beginning. But it's not that it's not a plausible science fiction device that they're using to... to fine it creates drama because the pilots have to be compatible with each other but they get to see inside each other's minds and if there's some kind of drama something that happens in one that's not in the other then they have a hard time controlling the robot it it is a plot device by some decent writers that i just don't think was needed in that first movie it it and it, it's just kind of silly um, but I got past it, and the movie was really good. Pacific Rim, the first one, was really well done. Guillermo del Toro delivered an entertaining piece of fluff that looked great, sounded great, was well acted. I just I was really entertained by that film. 
So going into this one, I was hoping they would somehow figure out a way to do without drift. And by the end of it, they are. Um, And I'm about to get into some spoilers. So watching it this time with with not remembering much about it and and really trying to look at the colors and the framing of the shots and more of the special effects which by the way before i get into anything else this movie looks fantastic the special effects are incredible even better than the first one because every fight takes place during bright sunshine out in the daylight it's not dark it's not raining they're not in the water nothing's covered up and the action is right there and, and it rivals the Transformer movies, which have much higher budgets. So that being said, and, and Mickey jumping in here, uh, thank you, Mickey, and blowing my train of thought. He's trying to get Archer to play with him behind me. And there they go. So the drift problem. This movie starts off with Pentecost's son, uh, who's the rebel kid who's become a criminal, and he's living on the streets and partying. And, and I just... That part was also unnecessary. I understand it creates a good character arc, and he's a producer on the movie and probably wanted to extend that and and give him more of a criminal becoming the pilot with the heart of gold type guy, and I get that. I do. I do understand. But it just seems like that part of the movie took too long to get to the action, the meat, and much bigger plot service, much more important plot points. That's another story. I'm getting Hamilton and Rockfile. Thank you for checking out this review of the IMAX 4K Ultra High Definition Edition to meld with one of the precursor beings and see into their minds. More podcasts are coming your way. More from my project below. Check out the links. Sharing that relationship. Subscribe and thank you very much for taking time out of your day to listen. Almost a sexual thing, it seems like. And so he's been compromised. And you find this out fairly early on in the movie. And that could have been well saved later because then it takes a while to... You can figure out from then what's going to happen, that the the other team that are, that are working on these Jaeger drones so that people won't have to drift and they won't have to pilot... They can pilot them remotely, which I don't know why they didn't do that in the first place, but that's a whole other story. Um that he's working for that company, so obviously there's going to be some kind of plot twist with this. And so finding out that he's that way early on, when when his other scientist buddy, who is, oh, it's Bern Gorman from, from Torchwood, when he finally figures out that the Charlie Day character is a bad guy who has been compromised by the mind of the precursors, it would have been a much greater shock had we not already known. You know, it, it would have been, oh, wow, and that would have been... But we find out early on, and then that kind of removes some of the tension, and then they don't do a whole lot with it, and then we find out this other team. I don't know, just it, it's a little messy there in the middle. But once we get into the action that that the the drones have been pre-programmed to kind of turn into kaiju helpers, and they're going to open up the rift and let a real big kaiju, a Cat Five, in, and you know it. That was the interesting part, and and the stuff with the other company, and all that could have been fleshed out more, and leave the stuff about the Pentecost kid, you know, shorten that up. But I understand why they did it uh, from an acting standpoint. From the, the you know they had after Star Wars, we need a, a name actor in here. Scott Eastwood is also into it, and I gotta say he's got some of what made his dad Clint Eastwood a, a, a great actor, but he's just not. I don't know. He he was good in this. But he's never really blown me away, not yet. But then again, there's early Clint Eastwood movies that don't really blow me away either. 
Um, overall, though, it's highly entertaining, and the special effects work is incredible. Boy, was it entertaining. Looks great in 4K. The HDR is one of the best HDR presentations because it looks very photorealistic, like you're there. Until they, there's a part about halfway through the movie, they pull out these yellow flashlights, and when they shine them towards the camera, it's shown into the living room through that HDR process, incredibly bright. There are some videos going around that some movies have fake HDR and how the guy came up with this, that there's a certain level of brightness that needs to be over to be beyond what a Blu-ray could rep you know, replicate or beyond what a stream could replicate. And good HDR um, you know, can go up to like a thousand nits brightness if you know anything about TVs and monitors and things like that, where anything below 200 is considered standard resolution, standard dynamic range. And so... Movies like The Matrix hit over a thousand. They're really well done in HDR. The green color and the bright light really shows how bright an HDR transfer can be. And so I haven't done the math on this one, but a lot of people rate it as a really good HDR transfer, and it is. Like I said, explosions, neon lights, the fire from the rocket engines, the yellow flashlights, really incredible HDR highlights in a very realistic looking movie, a great Dolby Atmos mix. Overall, technically, this is a great movie. I mean, it's really well done. It's just storytelling wise. It's one of those sequels that you wish they had spent a, a hair more time on. But it's good enough that, hey, we've now expanded the universe a little bit further. We've got some other stuff going on. Let's make a third movie. I hope the anime, which is supposed to be kind of a sequel to the first two movies, it's coming to Netflix next year. I hope that's also very good. and We can continue this mythology. I didn't hate the movie. It's not a terrible movie if you're into the mood for giant monsters and giant robots fighting in cities and knocking down buildings and stuff you know it's not as good a movie as godzilla or kong but it is highly entertaining extremely well done and looks amazing on 4k ultra high definition disc i'm gonna get off now and go play with my dogs or walk them because they obviously have way too much energy if you can hear that in the background i'm scott hamilton i'm Rockfile. all the links to follow my other projects are below please share please subscribe please check out the patreon and thank you oh so much for listening <laughs>